0: Welcome to the show, where we uncover the blueprint of success and the business tools you need to achieve the American dream, helping people turn passion and dreams into money-making machines. This is Strictly Business with Chase Channel. Now, here's Chase.
1: What's going on, Jackson? You heard the man. My name's Chase Channel, and this is Strictly Business. You finally made it to the weekend. Congratulations. And I'm just glad to have you along. I know that you're not used to hearing me in this new time slot, but you're going to have to get used to it because I'm your new uh, path to the weekend. And if it's your first time listening to the show, welcome. And if you're one of the veterans out there, we appreciate you tagging along with us on a Friday afternoon. I have a uh, fantastic show lineup today. Richard King is going to be with us in the uh, first hour. And then I think we even have Little Chase going to stop by in the second hour. But I am sorry to disappoint everyone that Uncle Sid has left the building. And I know it's going to be tough to uh, fill those shoes. And he promises to uh, make a return. But for now, you're just stuck with me. So hopefully I can entertain. But I think that um, you got some big shoes to fill. Richard King's with us from King Enterprises and richard has spent his uh his life in the uh pet business and so we're going to chat with him how you doing richard doing good chase thanks for having me well it's uh it's good to have you here and you know this is this is your first time with me right this is my first time here correct well no. it's an honor to have you and uh you know i know a little bit about your story but i'm excited to hear more about it and so uh, Tell us a little bit about you, and just uh, you know, maybe a little background on you, and then uh, we would love to hear about uh, you know the the pet business. This guy is one of the most interesting people you're ever going to listen to. And the great thing about Richard is he's not from West Tennessee, so he doesn't quite have the same Southern twang that I do.
2: That's <laughs> do appreciate that. No, I'm from the Northeast, so. Uh, born in San Antonio, but raised in Northeast Pennsylvania.
1: I didn't know you were born in San Antonio. I
2: am a Army brat.
1: How about that? Born
2: in Fort Sam, Fort Sam Houston. Yes.
1: And you spent some time in
2: New Jersey. Well, I uh, actually live in Pennsylvania, but it's on the Jersey border. So, gotcha. I spent a lot of time in New Jersey because I'm a shore rat. So, how about that? Went down to the beach a lot. So, growing up, what's it like on Jersey Shore? Never been there. You've never been to the Jersey Shore, huh? Uh, well, the beaches in Wildwood are huge. But every other beach north of that, you got to pay to get on. Really? You have some dry towns where you can't get alcohol and sometimes where you can get alcohol. So the shore is a very interesting place. Those of you who are familiar with New Jersey would recognize this watch the tram car, please, which is what you'll hear all day
1: long when you walk the boardwalk
2: in Wildwood, New Jersey.
1: That TV show, Jersey Shore, kind of made it really a popular thing. Yes, I believe that was done in Seaside Heights. Uh, is that one of the pay beaches?
2: Yeah. <laughs> Not for those guys, but <laughs> yes. yeah. The shore, of course, these only have 90 days. You know, the shore is only open from Memorial Day to Labor Day. That's their big season. So they got to make all their money in that very short period of time. So, yeah. so
1: uh, Jersey Shore and um, born in, in San Antonio?
2: Born in San Antonio, Fort Sam Houston. Yeah, my father was in the Army.
1: Did you ever uh, listen to that song by Marty Robbins out in the West Texas town of El Paso? (laughs) That and Yellow Rose of Texas, I think, growing up were the ones that used to (laughs) (laughs) reflect in my brain
2: the most. So where else did you live? So uh, northeast Pennsylvania. And then I was in the military. I spent some time in Great Falls, Montana. I lived out west for a while. Lived in San Diego, South Florida. And now I've arrived recently in Tennessee to do a little... Seeing what's going on in this part of the country. So,
1: what do you think the biggest difference between West Tennessee and some of the other places you've been has, has been?
2: It's a little bit slower paced here. I would say that. Um, people are a little different, a little very polite, but a little slower than what I'm used to because I live 72 miles from Manhattan growing up. So, I'm very close to New York City and Philadelphia. So, it's a very fast paced lifestyle up there compared to here.
1: Yeah, it's. Uh you know, the biggest thing that I love here is the real estate prices. I can't argue with that. As you know, I have, a, I have some property in Florida, I have a little bit in
2: Pennsylvania, and I just bought a house here, which I'm very proud of, and yeah. got a lot of house for my money. So yeah, it's great.
1: Yeah, I, uh, I was kind of shocked when I moved here, and I remember talking with my realtor, and she said, you know, how much you want to spend, and at the time, I'd lived in a townhouse in Atlanta, but I was at a point in life where I was ready to really step up in Atlanta, I was going to get something nice. You yeah. know, I'd been kind of, you know, working my way up and I thought, you know, now's the time. And so, uh, funny enough, I was, you know, there I was thinking to get something real nice, you got to spend about 750, you know, maybe 800 grand. And so when I got here, they're like, you know, what's your budget? And I said, well, I don't know, maybe 750, 800. Mm-hmm. And They're like, wow. And I thought, well, you know. So uh, they showed me a house right i mean this thing looked like the white house <laughs> there's like lions spitting water in the pool and uh movie theater and all that and it was like 450 right so <laughs> like, yeah. this seems a little excessive it's just me and my uh, lovely co-host Puddy, uh my cat that loves to hang out when i do the show but uh and she uh, i think she can tell that you're a pet person yeah, animals seem to know uh like they seem you to know, kind of feel if you or like them or not. They seem to seem to have that. She's uh overly friendly, isn't that the case, huh Putty? Yeah, she yeah. likes being in the action. But the uh you know, so anyway, I looked at that house. I felt like it was extremely excessive for a bachelor guy to live in a house like that. So went with uh something a little more modest and still uh a lot better than what. I had a nice townhouse in Atlanta, but here's another funny story. So my homeowners uh, association dues here are like I think they sent me the bill and it was like 90 some dollars so I thought well I would just pay for the year that was the year I take that it. was the year yeah yeah I think mine in Atlanta were like 290 a month because you had the pool It had yeah my Florida property
2: I think I'm at 357 a month right now yeah yeah See, it's and it's a it's a condo
1: yeah that's the way that's the way mine was What was bizarre about the one I lived in was, is that they had townhouses here and across the street were condos, but they Mm -hmm. paid to use our pool also. So it was like the same, ours was called, I can't remember the name of it, but whatever it was, it had a similar name across the street and they did that. But, uh, it was definitely interesting. So tell us a little bit about, uh, you know, life growing up and how, how you got in the pet business and. I know it's a family business.
2: It is a family business,
1: yes. And celebrating uh, over 50 years in business, right?
2: Correct. We, uh, just, we just passed that threshold, I think, a year ago. So uh, my father was a photographer. He, uh, in fact, um, in the 60s, probably every picture of a Dixie Cup that anyone has ever seen was sh- shot by my dad. How cool. He worked for the original Dixie Cup Corporation, which turned into American Can. So uh, he got out of the Army. And why I grew up in the photo. my grandfather was a photographer. So in our town of Easton, my grandfather came from Italy, and in our town in Easton, Pennsylvania, I go back there today and people 60, 70 years old have paintings on their walls of their great grandfather, they're all taken by my father. And that was the day when they threw the, the hood over the camera and they hand painted the, the pictures, you know, good stuff. So my father ended up in the photography business. So uh, in 1955, there was a flood, the big flood in Easton. My father was a volunteer. He grabbed a dog out of the water, a little white dog, and brought the dog home. We named it Sandy. So the dog lasted I'm gonna say five, six years. I was two at the time. I think maybe till seven, eight we had a dog. And the dog died. So my father said, No more dogs. But in nineteen sixty three, my mother convinced my father that we needed another animal. She got a Siberian husky. So we got the Siberian So Siber- fifty
1: five was the the flood. Yes. Dog passes away. Yeah. A few years later. Yes. 63, mom says, we're getting another dog. Yeah. Yeah. He argued. And here comes the husky. Yeah. Here comes the
2: husky. So if anyone know, if you know anything about animals, huskies are a handful. So we got this dog and my mother, who used to work for a radio station, funny we're on the radio right now. Yeah. She worked for engineers and uh, she went to Churchman's Business College. She was a graduate of Churchman's. So immediately she looked, she's looking at stuff. What can I do with this? So we go to Jim Thorpe, Pennsylvania, where they have racing dogs, sled dogs. And she takes our dog and goes, she wants to learn about sled dog racing. And the guy tells her, This is not a sled dog.
3: Right. <laughs> he said, right. he, He's
2: way too pretty. You should show this dog. She said, Show. So I'm going to have to investigate that. So she looks into showing dogs. So she can't find the chalk to make the white whiter, and they have special breed leashes they use make a long story short we end up my father ends up building a box my mother buys leashes and collars this special chalk we have a 1961 red station wagon and we're going around to dog shows mother's learning how to show and we're selling leashes and collars and chalk out of the back of the station wagon
1: what was the dog's name king was king a good show dog he was an excellent show dog. he actually became a champion wow that's big in the uh Because that makes it, once they're a champion, then the whole bloodline of that is worth more, right? His official name was King Joby
2: of Sibby. So Sibby, being the street we were living on at the time, was just a neighborhood with cookie-cutter houses. And King, and she made the name Joby, which I use on many of my stuff today, King Joby. So so we start selling dog supplies. Pretty soon, she opens a little store in the basement of our home. Now, it's a regular row home. Not a big house, two little bedrooms. Yeah, And I can remember because the Flintstones used to be on Friday nights at 7.30. I can remember people knocking on the door and I'd walk through the living room down the steps. We were selling dog food and leashes and collars. So it got a little bigger and got a little, she got a little busier. One of my relatives had a pretty good-sized house on the other side of town. Went up for sale. My parents bought it. And my father then built a store in the basement.
1: Was he still doing photography at this time?
2: My father did photography... Till the 80s, late into the 80s. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. He was a very... He's
1: hanging out of airplanes. Fish. That was the prime time for photos. I mean, my Uncle Brent actually is uh, still in the photo business. And he had, um, still does, his business is called Photo One with an F, F-O-T-O-1, which at one point, my understanding is those were kind of franchises, you know, and he had, I think three, maybe four of them. And... You could get your pictures developed. You could go get school photos or whatever you needed. I mean, they had a studio, photos, you know, print. I remember as a kid being over there and they were, they had like the development room or whatever. Yeah, my
2: dad spent hours and hours and hours in a dark room. As a matter of fact, him and Bill Fisk, Bill Fisk is, Fisk camera shop is in Wilsonboro and in Eastern Pennsylvania. He's still alive today. This camera shop is still there. I see Bill, he's probably close to 90. It still do that old 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 time little tiny little camera shop you can go in there and get your stuff get your p- pictures developed still does some of the old time stuff that people you know were doing back then so
1: there's a movie on uh, netflix called kodachrome and it's about and this don't fact check me here but <laughs> i'm i watched it and i kind of will give you the the synopsis of it basically there was some type of film and they put a deadline on the last day you'd ever be able to develop it. And this is a true story. Okay. And there was only one place in the country, which was in Kansas, that that developed it. And, and maybe that was just under the Kodak umbrella or something like that. But basically they said, listen, if you had this type film, this is the end of it. We're doing it at this place till this time. So in the movie, and uh, shame on me, I can't even think of who played in it, but... Um, there was like a kind of like a rich eccentric different dad who was the photographer and the son hated the dad but they came to him and they said listen you know we need, your dad's very sick we need you to to help us get him here and so the son was really not didn't have it going on like the dad the dad was super rich and these are all his helpers anyway they take a road trip to head to Kansas to get him filmed and in the end Basically, they took him to get him developed. I don't even think the dad ever saw him, or maybe he did. But basically, he died, and the son got all the photos, and that was kind of the you know, it's kind of a sad, yeah, sad, yeah. sad yeah. movie. But it was interesting about the the whole uh, you know how the how the film industry's changed as far as developing and dramatically. I mean, think about how many photos uh, y- you have a son. I do. So, like, your son, Luca, is how old? He's seven. So, like, here's what's crazy. Luca will never remember a time in his life where he couldn't look at you on his phone.
2: That's true. That's right. (laughs) You know what I mean? He has his own phone already, and he's out taking pictures all the time. He loves it, yeah.
1: Is that crazy? It
2: is crazy. Unlike us, we didn't have that opportunity, yeah. You didn't even
1: have phones. (laughs) No, no, no,
2: absolutely not. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Richard King's with us. We're going to take a short break. We're talking about uh, his life in the pet business and uh, his family's uh, pet business talking a little bit about all things business as always. We're glad to have you along on a Friday afternoon. If you want to get in on the action or you got questions, comments, or concerns, you can always head on over to facebook.com forward slash the chase channel show. We also have a dedicated text line. Now this text line is different than the radio stations. So save this in your phone and you can put, uh, You know, Strictly Business text line, the text line 731-215-0158. Like I said, you can always hit us up on Facebook, shoot us over a message. Or uh, if you uh, just just now are joining us and you want to catch the show at a later time, you can. Tomorrow morning, you can catch the replay from 9 to 11 right here on 93.1. Or as always, you can download the iHeartRadio app to your phone. Type in The Chase Channel Show. We'll be back.
0: You're listening to Strictly Business with Chase Channel. Thanks for listening to Nutty 3.1 WTJS, The Talk of Jackson. Don't go anywhere. Chase will be back right after this.
4: business. business.
5: What words come to mind when you think of Honda? Reliable should be one. Fun, that's a good one. How about stunning, comfortable, refined? I could go on, but there is one word that sums up every Honda, quality. Because Honda was KBB.com's 2018 best overall brand, and we worked hard to earn that honor. Because without quality, nothing else you call a Honda matters. So whether you choose the sizzling Civic, acclaimed Accord, adventurous HRV, fearless fit, awesome Odyssey, conscientious Clarity, remarkable Ridgeline, polished Pilot, or sporty CRV, you know you're getting Honda quality that's truly unmatched. In fact, we make sure of it. So visit your local Honda dealer and get into KBB.com's 2018 Best Overall Brand.
6: Based on 2018 Brand Image Awards from Kelley Blue Book, visit KBB.com for more information.
1: You're listening to The Talk of Jackson. For the hottest shows in the hub city, keep it locked right here on 93.1 WTJS. Money talks. AC/DC. You a rocker? I am. Love rock music. Richard King is in studio with us, and uh, he has been in the pet business his whole life, and is the uh, operator of King Enterprises. And we've been talking about all things a uh, little bit about his life and business, and making our way through the afternoon. Now, there's something that you don't know, and that is, is that uh, Uncle Sid and I created. The five o'clock whistle. I see. I'm not, I'm unaware. So basically I decided since my shows moved to prime time that I should come up with something that would be a five o'clock whistle, a signal that the weekend has, has arrived. Okay. So in my mind, I thought, you know, there's all these different songs like, uh, Elton John, you know, Saturday night. So I'm like, I'll just throw together like a quick clips of, uh. You know, take this job and shove it. A little Johnny Paycheck, a little. I'm like, I'll, I'll mash all these things together and make a uh, signal that everybody in Jackson, West Tennessee, and all over the world will hear at 5 o'clock every Friday when the show's, uh, when the show's on. And then during that time, it'll signal the weekend has, has arrived. So in my mind, I thought this will just take a few minutes. I'll splice together a few things. It took me about 10 hours. <laughs> is it done? Oh, yeah. It's, oh, right. Can't wait I, to I hear I debuted it. it last week, and, and, and we as we make our way to the top of the hour, we're going we're gonna to blow that five o'clock whistle. So we really talk a lot of things business, which is why I had you come in the first hour. I appreciate that. So I'm going to get to hear the 5 o'clock whistle? You're going to get to hear the 5 oh, o'clock whistle. And excited. then we brought in Little Chase for playtime. Of course. So that, you know, that Fits way. the bill <laughs> quite well. Yeah, exactly, yeah. right? Yeah. So I figured that way we'll have a little lighter uh, second hour. But Richard King's with us, and we're talking about his life in business. So let's, let's rewind you, sure. and, and kind of bring it back. We go back to... Uh, your mom basically got in the business by accident, realized there was a need for some products. Yeah. It, the funny thing
2: is uh, we were, you know, back in the 60s, it was a father work and mother stayed at home type of situation. So we got this dog, and I told you my mother was a graduate of church in this business. She, started, she got interested in the pets once we got the dog. So she started writing for the Eastern Express, a column called Canine Corner. And she would just write articles about dogs and how to take care of them and fleas or whatever. And she did it under her pen name, her real name, Faye Pacquiao. Well, it didn't work out very well because we'd get some pretty strange phone calls. Right. So, so after the first two phone calls came to the house, we're like, oh, no. So she came up with a pen name. If you remember, the first dog we got, the white dog, was named Sandy. And the second dog was King. So hence, we came up with Sandy King, which is her moniker to this day. She's Sandy King. And it's Sandy King Enterprises, so It's just her corporation. That, so she's still writing. She's not only has she written, but she's also published a couple of books. She's uh, wow. She's published some grooming material, and they, we have a grooming school. So she's uh, she's she's eighty six. Wow, still doing, still still going strong. Um, and she's she's still working. We can't, yeah. My sister's running. We have one store left that they say they've downsized since we're all going our separate ways after fifty years. But she's still maintaining the books and
1: making sure that. My sister does things correctly and, you know. You know, uh, Putty got almost like a dread in her by her leg. I cut it out. A knot? Yeah. Yeah. I don't well, know why. You got a
2: groom. You know, that takes a brush and a comb.
1: Yeah. It was hard. Sure. Once it gets knotted up, yeah. Yeah, it was pretty bad. So I just, uh, she did not, because she doesn't like being held. Uh-huh. So in, in rag dolls are unique to hold them. You kind of put your arm underneath and then they'll go limp and they'll just fall over. So I picked her up, and I had Uncle Sid with the snippers, and we tag-teamed it and got it, got it done. Yeah, she's got that kind of fur that um, needs some work. You know
2: what I mean? I mean you gotta, that's, it's cottony. There's a dog like that, too, uh, that
1: a, requires a lot of grooming. And my sister is a groomer, a professional groomer. See, I'm just worried about taking her to someone who don't, don't really know what they're talking about. It's interesting, and cats are very specific. So a lot of people don't even do cats. Well, see, and she is uh, uh, long hair, but they don't have undercoats. Correct. So, you know, like if you shave her, there's no. Yeah, we don't. You know yeah. what I mean? So I'm yeah. like, I get nervous when I've wanted to take her. Look, she hears me talking about getting yeah. a, a grooming and she just. Yeah, I'm not having it. Puddy's with us and Richard King. We're talking about life in the pet business. And uh, so Sandy King, we found out how. So she's still riding today. Yeah. Well, she's kind of like, yeah, now she,
2: you know, what she does now. Most of the time, she plays bridge. And now she's. If anybody out there knows about bridge, my mother is a master bridge person. I don't know what the moniker, is. she has the, all the gold points. She's now um, teaches and can, and a director of bridge. So whatever she does, she takes on full skill, full blast, and becomes and accomplishes it all.
1: So tell us how how she how she grew the business and and you sure. helped her and, and from the time you were selling them out of the back of the station wagon to what what it became in its prime sure so we we we, uh we bought this new house
2: from our relatives and uh, my father we built a store in the basement which used to be a rec room it had the old bar down there with the with the colored glass the squares you know what i mean so uh we built a grooming room a tub room where they they could wash the dogs and we put gondolas up and pegboard walls and hooks and we made a pet shop out of it um so we started working out of this house and so now we had a full-blown pet shop so it took off pretty well, and we had we do training classes and we do obedience work, and she got into the breed showing and handling classes. Things, things just start progressing. Well, pretty soon we kind of out we grew outgrew we. She needed more to do, so some pet shops came for sale in other areas around Easton and Allentown. Now, back in the '60s, old school pet shops were just terrible. They they go in there, they smell, they had all kinds of stuff. So we could buy them for pennies on a dollar. Right. And strip malls will love to have someone come in who knew what you were doing and you kept a clean store. So once we bought our first one, we build a reputation. Then we'd go to another mall and look at a store. They were happy to have us because you go back to our store, you couldn't walk in my store, you wouldn't smell animals. All behind glass, cages, well taken care of. Five year health guarantees, very particular about where we got our animals. So it worked out very well. All of a sudden we had three stores. And that was through the 60s,
1: 70s, and well into the 80s. Now, what are your thoughts on these? Uh, I've heard the term puppy mills. Yeah. So, uh, what, what is that? I'm glad you brought that up. So, here's the
2: thing it's a big, it's a big difference now than it was back then. So, it's, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, one of the people that I used to get my animals from was a, was a, a, uh, a very good animal trainer. He was a Vietnam veteran and he had uh, wild animals. He had bears, you know, he knew what he was doing. Now, if you go to like Lancaster, Pennsylvania, there's probably 600 breeders, okay? And they breed dogs out of mills and pet shops are very, very, they don't, they don't like to sell dogs from mills anymore. So it's not such a good thing. There's a lot of, in other words, you get all these dogs that are Yorkies and Labradoodles and mixed breeds and they got high tickets on them. Back in the day, those dogs were free. You know, you AKC registered dogs, like your cat. Right. Your cat's a purebred. Right. You know, standard poodles, purebred. Gold retrievers, Labrador retrievers, Dobermans, purebreds. Now they mix them and they get big money for them. Not so good. Because you don't know really what you're going to get when you mix two breeds. If you, like they mix Labradors, Labradoodles, uh, Labs and Poodles to get a Labradoodle. Hopefully they'd get the lab personality with the poodle hair so they wouldn't shed. But you don't know if it's always going to go that way.
1: So, <laughs> right? right?
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Am I going to get a dog that doesn't shed, or am I going to get a shedding dog? But they get big money for them. So the industry has changed. We stopped selling dogs a long, long time ago because of that.
1: Well, I know most people nowadays advocate, too, for the whole, you know, just there's so many dogs that don't have homes, you know, go to your local humane society. You know, uh, Gianni, that's... Yeah, he, he got all of his dogs. Yeah. From. Yeah, he rescued all his animals
2: and they, they got a great home. They're very lucky.
1: Yeah. And so, they're good dogs. They are great dogs for sure. It amazes yeah. me how like my uh my grandparents um on my dad's side they uh they've always had dogs. I mean, my whole life growing up they have mm-hmm. had dogs. And they treat their dogs like children. Mm-hmm. My yeah. grandmother hand feeds the dogs like dinner. She like is, gets their meal and sets down and feeds right. them. And uh it was funny because I used to always say, you know, feed me with the dogs.
2: <laughs> Listen, I get that because uh, in our grooming store, we have people whose dogs have credit cards. You know, Fifi Schnoodle comes in for a grooming appointment and she hands out the credit card with Fifi's name on it. And this is, you know, and we've ordered mink coats for dogs, diamond studded collars.
1: We've done it all over the years. I mean, people will spend a lot of money on their animals. So What do you think will happen with digital and pets? Because now we live in this world where, you know, Amazon, you can order chickens and eggs on now. Right. I mean, do you think that there will be a time where pets and humane societies will have figured out? Because really, it comes down to logistics. If they can figure out how to safely ship an animal, well, they, then, you know. Well, the shipping is prominent. A lot of, my sister ships all our dogs. Really? Oh, yeah. Like yeah. through UPS? or No, no ship
2: or chip. No, ship. Oh, ship. Okay. Are, <laughs> that'd be fun. UPS. <laughs> like, well, no, you now they're package shipping. them up and <laughs> yeah. bumper up. There we go. No, I think now the, now the shipping's in big tractor trailers and air-conditioned. Some of the very reputable breeders are using large trucks. With, so
1: there's like animal shippers.
2: There's animal shippers, correct.
1: Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You can also fly them on planes, right? And then don't they like have a thing where you can pick them up and... Well, you know, back in the day, I used to pick up dogs at airports, but I don't know what the current what they do currently with that. Um, there was a girl on the flight. I flew back from L.A. Uh, a couple months ago. Her dog was on her lap the whole time.
2: Yeah, she was able to fly. It must have been a service dog. It w- or they bought, it w- or they bought it the was seat. small. Maybe right. they bought the seat. But that,
1: yeah. it just chilled. Yeah, I mean, cute. it was a good, well-behaved dog. But, uh, you know, I don't transport my cat. Like, I don't take her anywhere. And, you know, sometimes, like, if I go out to the Tennessee River or wherever, I think, man, I should just take the cat with me. You know, cats are so much different she always tries to escape the way it is yeah yeah so i'm like you know do i'll get her one of those little uh they make these like full-on vest with the leash for cats
2: yeah i've sold them i understand exactly what you're talking the about the thing yeah.
1: about cats are they can freak out though yes so it's not like a dog when they freak out they pull and you can say well i'm stronger than you and you're staying here Cats can get like crazy. Yeah, because they have claws right. and they can be coming at you like, I'm really
2: mad at you and I need to get out of this vest. Yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> when you said vest, because I thought of, one of a couple of our poodles, we have, my sister raises poodles and my other sister has standards. They wear life vests when they go to the lake and they dive off the dock and they go swimming for the toys in the water,
1: but they're actually wearing life jackets. It's very interesting to watch actually. The closest thing to putty getting in the water was uh, she sets on the edge of the bathtub when I take a bath. <laughs> Slaps it with her hand. Well, yeah. She <laughs> fell in. Oh. She was walking around and I'd set up in the tub. And so she's behind me. There's not much ledge. And she fell down in. Well, I can't turn around and get her. Right. So she's just. She I mean was how like, fast was she trying to oh, get out of that water oh it was ridiculous <laughs> yeah. and just of course she jumped out and looked like a wet rat and took off running and you know you're, luck,
2: you're lucky she didn't come up your back for traction I was,
1: yeah <laughs> i am lucky yeah. that that wasn't the case but yeah she likes to 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 play with the water and and to hang out Richard King's with us we're talking about uh the pet business and he's been uh, your family's been in the pet business over 50 years which is incredible just the staying power to be in business fifty years in America is incredible.
2: Small business, yeah, very difficult. Very, I mean, difficult. especially with the pet set, pet, the, the pet supplies plus, and Petco, and you know the big, the big box stores. It, it became difficult.
1: We're going to talk with uh, with Richard a little bit more. His uh, his his family business took a little bit of a turn, and uh, I think his mom gave his dad a project and got into some of the wholesaling side of the business. That's so we're going to visit with him a little bit more. If you're just now joining us. Glad to have you along. You can always catch the replay tomorrow morning from 9 to 11 right here on 93.1. Or as always, you can head over to iHeartRadio.com. If you got questions, comments, or concerns, you can shoot them into us. You can head over to Facebook.com forward slash The Chase Channel Show. Or as always, you can shoot us a text on the Victory Honda text line at 731-215-0158. We'll be back. You're listening to Strictly Business
0: with Chase Channel. Thanks for listening to 93.1 WTJS, the talk of Jackson. Don't go anywhere. Chase will be back right after this.
4: Taking care of business. Taking care of business.
5: What words come to mind when you think of Honda? Reliable should be one. Fun, that's a good one. How about stunning, comfortable, refined? I could go on. But there is one word that sums up every Honda. Quality. Because Honda was KBB.com's 2018 best overall brand. And we worked hard to earn that honor. Because without quality, nothing else you call a Honda matters. So whether you choose the sizzling Civic, acclaimed Accord, adventurous HRV, fearless fit, awesome Odyssey, conscientious clarity, remarkable Ridgeline, polished pilot, or sporty CRV, you know you're getting Honda quality that's truly unmatched. In fact, we make sure of it. So visit your local Honda dealer and get into kbb.com's 2018 Best Overall Brand.
6: Based on 2018 Brand Image Awards from Kelley Blue Book, visit kbb.com for more information.
4: Me better when I'm
1: with you. you're listening to the talk of jackson for the hottest shows in the hub city keep it locked right here on 93.1 wtjs Money by the Beatles. I played that just for you. I love the Beatles. Richard's a Beatles fan. Absolutely. Richard King is in studio with us, and we're talking about all things business and his life in the pet business and King Enterprises. And we've made it from selling collars and uh, chalk out of the back of mom's station wagon Yes, all the way through... uh, so, how many stores did you have? It, it, you had three stores. We had three stores in three malls. Yeah, and then you mentioned uh, to me at one point in time something about the PetSmart or Pet. Well, the, the big box
2: stores start coming in, so it made things difficult. Back... What was
1: the one with the fish, though?
2: Oh, oh yeah, so sure. So uh, we bought a store called Petland in the Lehigh Parkway. Petland, I land.
1: So. I've, we had a Petland at the Meadowbrook Mall where I, when I grew up. Is that right? Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. So uh, all our other stores, my parents, my mother was only into dogs. And small, we also had hamsters, guinea pigs, parakeets, finches, canaries. You know, the little small animals, and in uh, rabbits during the season. Well, I got to this new store, and I saw there was a, there was an opportunity for fish. So um, we ended up getting into the fish business. I uh, designed some new tanks, some new stands to put the fish on, the, the tanks on. Took up a lot less space. Got some of my friends in there. We put together a big rack, and uh,
1: we ended up having an aquarium store, and it did very very well. Don't fish just die, like, easily? Like, what's the whole deal when you go to the carnival and you throw the stupid thing and you win the fish and you get all, yeah. it's like, it's dead? Yeah. Yeah. So that's, uh the goldfish are winning the ball? Yeah. Yeah. So who knows how they're surviving. Here's what's crazy about that, okay? You can win it with the ball. My friend did this. We went to the carnival. I said, we're going to win some of these fish. So we win them. We take them back to the store. At this time, I was at the paint store. And I said... Let's see if uh, on TV at the time, there was a TV show, and it was called Jack, and I think everyone knows the show I'm referencing. But at that time, basically, they would do crazy things on MTV. Oh, right. Okay, so I said, well, they swallowed a goldfish and then threw it back up, and the fish was still alive. Yeah. So I tell Bryce, I said, hey, man, I bet you 10 bucks you can't swallow the fish in it. He, I mean, would do probably anything for ten dollars. Goes right in, takes a cup of water, puts the goldfish in it, swallows it down, swallows another one down. He has them down for a few minutes, throws them back up, and those fish are still alive. But you take them home, you put them in the tank, they'll be dead the next morning. Yeah, How, what, what's I, the deal with with the fish? So
2: you, <laughs> so in in my store we call those feeder fish. So I have an aquarium with a thousand goldfish in it. You come in, we say ten for a dollar. Take them home, feed your Oscars. Or your piranhas or your snakeheads. Now, so back in the day, those were all- So they the, just eat them? They eat them. Now, those are no longer- Like in Florida, those snakeheads now are giant. They're Asian. We used to come in at, at two, three inches, and they'd grow to be three feet in your house. Red Oscars and piranhas are no longer available in this country, but back in the 60s and 70s, it was a it was a big deal.
1: So yeah. you sold piranhas?
2: Yes, they're red belly piranhas.
1: Wow. Yeah. So what was the clientele like that's coming in buying piranhas? So, yeah- <laughs> going
2: <laughs> I, 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 I tell this story I have a friend I'll just call him Gary you know who you are Gary so uh, he used to come in my store and he loved piranhas he would actually take his piranha out of the tank and cut the top of the lip with a razor so they look meaner in the water so you could see their teeth now I've seen piranhas in a tank line up together I had five piranhas in my house in a tank and they all lined up together they'd never eat in front of me I don't know why So we brought a nice big fish home one day, and I sat in front of that tank for about an hour with the big fish in there waiting for them to go get it. I had to go to the restroom. When I came back, my tank was dust; the fish was gone. I don't know if they they don't want to eat. Do piranhas (laughs) eat humans? Uh, I guess in the Amazon they I've heard them eat cows and stuff. I think they're attracted to the blood. It would take a lot of piranhas to kill a human being. He's only this big, man. Gary's a real sicko, huh? Gary's a wax. You know, <laughs> you, Gee, Gary's, still, Gary's still out there too. You know who you are, Gary? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's uh used to buy a lot of used to buy a lot of fish for me.
1: What I mean? Did you ever feel like at a point in time that you were like uh, Ace Ventura, the pet detective, looking for the dolphin? <laughs> I think that came out after. <laughs> I
2: Never really got into that. Uh, no, I think that came out after we we're out of the fish business. But uh, uh, saltwater fish and uh, African cichlids, very, very nice stuff. We used to do a lot of that.
1: Did uh, Are the tanks, those are tough to keep clean though, right?
2: So here's the deal. The bigger the tank, the easier it is. The smaller the tank, the harder it is. Really? Yeah. So you got a 100, 135-gallon tank in your house and the right kind of filtration, they're pretty much maintenance-free. I had some pretty big tanks and they were easy to take care of. You try to put saltwater fish in a 30-gallon or 40-gallon tank, you're working.
1: What was that, uh, you ever watch that TV show where the, what's it called, the tank pros or? Oh, Tanks a lot, is it? Some, Some, something yeah, where those, they
2: build like incredible. Yeah, uh, those guys in Las Vegas; those are those are incredible. Those are like like um, specialty tanks.
1: You know, we've lived through a point in time where it went from, you know, radio broadcast is a form of entertainment, then television, and then reality TV came, yeah. and then there there's this portion in time, especially in the late 2000s, where they put a TV show on about pretty much anything. Yeah, they're like themes. Yeah, like the a midget show. Right, You right. know, with the little people. Right. And they had the fat people show. I mean, it's literally a show for about anything. For everything. I think
2: there was a grooming show on TV for a while. There were actually in a grooming parlor, where people were grooming dogs. And they got, you know, the bike builders and the aquarium builders. I mean, they're all out there. Every Alaskan show.
1: Now they're realizing, though, that because content's so easy to create, that basically, you know, if I have a, I can go buy a camera, I bought a Canon T3i Rebel, which at the time... I've probably had this camera four years now maybe five and it's 1080 you know movie quality what they were doing at the time was using them in films basically um it's the picture quality was good enough that it's like could be used in any movie but it was only I mean they were 900 bucks which is expensive but they basically used them like throwaways right Right. you know what I mean like if the scene could could damage the camera they didn't care no no. so they would they would use these cameras well i bought it because i thought i was going to be the new you know youtube craze and i was going to you know i was like on the cutting edge of that i just never got traction with it's funny if you go on youtube and you type in chase channel there's a video i did that was for the end of the world. Interesting. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to look that <laughs> and up. And I was going <laughs> to do the whole countdown. So whenever that was, maybe what was it? One, two, three. The Mayans said the calendar. Oh, ended. isn't
2: that one two thousand? Right, nineteen ninety nine. No, no, no. Later, oh. that was another
1: like the like the Mayan calendar ended. Oh, it was two twelve. I think twenty twelve something. Twenty twelve, like probably. Yeah. yeah, about that yeah. time. And of course, it, I mean the video is horrible, terribly written. And one of the things I never really understood about entertainment broadcasts and even what I do now is that there's a writing side to the show. Sure. Like I just thought you just got on here and said whatever you were thinking and that's how radio turned out. And then I start doing this show and I'm like, this is a lot harder than that. <laughs> yeah. You know, like it's it's completely different. And you have kind of some broadcast background. You went to a school
2: or? Oh, I did some stuff in college, yeah. Of course, my friends are musicians, so we've done some commercial work here and there. And, you know, I can sometimes once in a while still retain a commercial I've done or two.
1: Give so, us like a, give us a
2: little preview me, of one of the commercials. <laughs> all right. Here we see what I can come up with. Hey, partner. hand for a snack or just a quick meal? Head on over to Cactus Jack's for some of Jack's delicious fried chicken. Or maybe a roast beef sandwich with all the fixings on a big sesame seed bun. I like big buns myself. Man, that's good. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, then, really, then, really good. Then there's some music that follows that. There was some singing, but uh, yeah. It's wow, hard. I'm
1: impressed. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I think we might be able to talk with Manager Lacey over at the station Whoa. and get you some backup work. <laughs> oh, it's been fun. So what about, you told me at one point in time, because Richard's significantly older than me, and... Uh, <laughs> You're only double my age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does it make you
2: feel young? I feel you know I mean? You're, you're, as young as you, <laughs> you're as young as you feel. You, you were know? telling
1: about, because I, I was talking about how tough it is in editing the show and making sure everything's smooth, and you said about the tape that your friend could. Sure,
2: sure. So that's that particular jingle I just did um, comes from back in college. So my friends built a studio in, in East Strasburg, Pennsylvania. They're all musicians, and they built a studio called Mountain Sound. Well, back in that day, there's no digital. There was tapes. So you would do recordings like this and you would see the engineer in the booth. We have tapes laying over his neck, you know, four or five feet long. And they would cut them out and splice them together. So as I was telling you, I did a, uh, uh, an announcement for Larry Holmes, who grew up where I grew up. And I had I had a hiss, had Larry Holmes, on it as I did it. And uh, so I did it two, three times. And he goes, my friend Chris said, listen, that's okay. I got this. I go, what? He goes, watch. So he took the tape out wrapped it around his neck, then found the spot, put it on his little splicer, cut it, put it back together, and the hiss disappeared. So that's what the old engineers did. It was amazing.
1: The most frustrating thing about uh, doing this show and learning it, because so, and I don't know, I think I've shared this on air, but I don't know if I've ever shared it with you. The first show I did, you know, I bought a, a mixer, and you look online and there's all these things. Well, audio interface, this, and, and there's just all sorts of different um, information and of course i had a, a microphone and then i had a yeti microphone i'm like well let me find a different microphone and you just go through this whole because it's so difficult to find like especially when this is in my background That's, that's a so lot hard. of stuff out
2: there too you know? yeah, yeah so yeah.
1: i'm like okay so i finally get the the, the the stupid mixer that i think will work and i get the microphone i have a computer i get the software thing they say well this is the best thing to use and so it's the the day before the 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 first show, and so I call all the guys I know that like know anything about music or producing, or and I'm like, hey man, can you guys come by? I got to figure this out. So I have Jamel's come by, my friend Peter comes by. and These are music guys. They use recording stuff and recording software, and so we're sitting here, and it's like, I mean, it, it's midnight, and we don't have everything really working, and I haven't even recorded anything. No. And, of course, the show is, is airing. I have to be at work Friday morning, so it's not like I can take off work to, to record the thing. I mean, I've got to be at the dealership. So I'm starting to get into panic mode. And I'm like, listen, guys, we, i got a two-hour show to do, and we haven't recorded five minutes. we got to make a move. So finally, it's like they're like, no. I mean, they're persistent that they're going to get this figured out. Right. And what's funny is looking back now that I understand a little bit, they were just basically trying to do something. The mixer was mono. And basically it wasn't a multi-track mixer. Okay. They were trying to figure out how to get it to be multi-track. So there's nothing they could have done to get it to work. Cause it just, it, <laughs> it was the wrong mixer. It
2: didn't do that. Right. right. So
1: <laughs> it's like one 30 in the morning. I'm like, guys. And at this point, I mean, this is the show is strictly business. Right. And one of the things I pride myself on is I'm always mentally sharp. Sure. Like, I mean, I'm not on here. Like I'm half asleep. I mean, I show up focused, ready to do it. And so now it's one thirty. I hadn't had a drink. I'm like, it's and I'm late starting to night. go, man, <laughs> my, my, my thoughts aren't that great. And so I said, uh, I said, guys, I just got to start recording something. Like I got to just do something. So I get on there and I start talking. Of course I have an audience here, but I only had one mic, so they can't really talk. And they're sitting there and I went for probably it felt like two hours. Yeah. And I looked down at the clock and it said, you talk for 11 minutes. <laughs> and I'm, I'm like, exhausted. <laughs> and I'm sitting here going, it's two 30 in the morning. I, I mean, I haven't edited the show. I don't even really know how. Right. I'm like, Oh boy. I said, man, Tim is going to be upset with me. So finally, you know, I'm a problem solver. So I said, let's just roll. So I did a one more little section of it. I had like 30 minutes worth of audio. And I said, well, I'll take my computer to work. I'll figure out a way. So I basically sent it over to uh, – I got to the dealership, and I said, Tim, here's the deal. I got 30 minutes of talk time. You're going to have to have somebody help me bail me out. So get John to put the weather, the news, the longest songs on the whatever. planet, like whatever <laughs> we got to do to make that an hour, and I'll do the second half you know, live right here from the store. So the first show and the Chase Channel show, that's how it went down. I see. And so it was funny because – in learning how to do all this, what I've realized is is that you can go on YouTube and type, you know, how to do a radio show, how to do a podcast. You'll find videos. The problem is, is it's not specific information on – it'll tell you, like, theories on, like, better – how to be a better presenter. Or it, it doesn't say, like, press this button, put this to here. It's not like a step-by-step tutorial. But it's funny hearing you talk about the, uh, you know, splicing the tape together. Yeah. And yeah. how different it is, because I like on here, if you want to clip it, I mean, I didn't know how to clip a, anything. I'm like, how do you, you know, so learning how to do this now, I feel like I've kind of got it down pat. I mean, I figured it out. I'm basically a professional radio engineer. I, 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 I see that. It's You have to remember, when you see a guy
2: back in the day, when he had five, six tapes rang around his neck and he knew what was on each of those tapes as he was splicing with, whether it was a music song or a commercial or whatever, it was impressive.
1: You lived in the world of 8-tracks, too.
2: Oh, yes, I did. Quadraphonic, even. Really? Quadraphonic 8-tracks, sure. My '67 station wagon had four speakers. Uh, Black Water. Doobie Brothers, I believe? Old Black Water? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that on Quadraphonic is an amazing song. Really? Because it comes out of four different speakers. Yeah. I was What about track... Record
1: Player? Do you use one of those, Oh, too?
2: I still have a massive album collection. Really? I have a lot of vinyl,
1: yeah. You do the, the full-size
2: ones or the... 33s, yeah. My mother, in her house... Probably has stacks of seventy eights.
1: The old and in the old so days. So you know, educate were like, well, me. Is seventy eight mean they're smaller? They're actually
2: they're not as big as thirty threes, but they're faster speed. But they're still big. Their album size. But in those days, like if you take an Al Jolson, for example, it was a book. It was it was you opened it up and there were five records in there. You flipped through them and they were in sleeves.
1: Oh yeah, and forty fives of course. You know who is a uh, who actually has a record player and listens to records is Little Chase. Is that right? Yep, I didn't know that. Yeah, he's big into the uh, big into the records. Um, you know, we've almost made it to the five o'clock whistle, but we hadn't quite covered what I wanted to cover. Will you hang through the five o'clock whistle and give us one more little? Sure, absolutely. All right, Richard King's with us. We're talking about life in the pet business and life in general. We're making our way through the work week, and one of the things that everyone's about to experience is the five o'clock looking woo forward whistle this take i mean 10 hours for this i'm excited i really, I'm, i it took a lot of time a <clears throat> lot of energy you know how long it takes just to find like the 30 songs just to google and be like okay weekend songs and then you think about how will they go together what'll sound right right you know what i mean yeah, and of yeah. course then you're like i got into it i'm like well this is a reflection of me this has to sound right well and of course, I had sit up here going, "Oh, you're putting me to sleep. I don't want to hear. You've already ruined the whistle for me. I don't want to hear it again." <laughs> and I'm well, like, "I haven't heard the whistle, so I'm looking forward to it." So, if you're just now joining us, uh, it's almost that time to sound the five o'clock, woo whistle. If it's your first time listening to the show, it's good to have you along. If if you're just now joining us, you can always catch the replay tomorrow morning from nine to eleven right here on ninety three point one. You can also head on over to Facebook.com forward slash the chase channel show anytime you want to know something you want to hear us talk about it on the air you got questions comments or concerns you can head there or as always you can text the victory honda text line at 731-215-0158 it's that time you're listening to strictly business with chase channel
0: thanks for listening to 93.1 wtjs the talk of jackson don't go anywhere Chase will be back right after this. Care of
4: business. Care of business.
5: What words come to mind when you think of Honda? Reliable should be one. Fun, that's a good one. How about stunning, comfortable, refined? I could go on, but there is one word that sums up every Honda. Quality. Because Honda was KBB.com's 2018 best overall brand and we worked hard to earn that honor. Because without quality, nothing else you call a Honda matters. So whether you choose the Sizzling Civic, Acclaimed Accord, Adventurous HRV, Fearless Fit, Awesome Odyssey, Conscientious Clarity, Remarkable Ridgeline, Polished Pilot, or Sporty CRV, you know you're getting Honda quality that's truly unmatched. In fact, we make sure of it. So visit your local Honda dealer and get into KBB.com's 2018 Best Overall Brand.
6: Based on 2018 Brand Image Awards from Kelly Bluebuck. Visit KBV.com for more information.
1: Like you. You're listening to The Talk of Jackson. For the hottest shows in the hub city, keep it locked right here on 93.1 WTJS.
2: 93.1 WTJS Alamo. The Talk of Jackson.
0: It's quitting time. I said it's quitting time. I'm the foreman. i the one says when it's quitting time, of terror. Quitting time! Quitting time! Quitting
4: time!
7: Quitting time!
4: Time to disassemble, it's a line.
0: Of it. I ain't working here no more.
4: Working for a living Working for a
0: little Working for a living there, working. I'd like to be hanging out, but I gotta get moving on. Woo!
7: Sit down in the kitchen and fix me something good to eat And make my head a little high, make the whole day complete. Cause we're gonna lay around the shanty mama And put a good buzz on Will pass it to me baby, we'll pass it to me slow We'll take time out to smile a little before you let it go Cause we're gonna lay around the shanty mama and for a good buzz on Cause we're gonna lay around the shanty mama And put a good buzz on good to eat and make ourselves a little high make the whole day complete cause we're gonna lay around the shanty mama and put a good buzz on well every night and day if I can help it we're gonna lay around the shanty mama and put a good buzz on
0: That's the Woo Weekend. Man, there's only one way to change numbers, change anything, change your outcome, and that's to amp the energy up to the
4: Woo Weekend, baby! I'm going
1: There you have it, Jackson. I don't know about you, Richard, but I'm glad we made it too. I'm glad we made it to the 5 o'clock whistle. What'd you think of that? I liked it. I like. I, I recognize a lot of that stuff. Yeah, man. The yeah. weekend is here, and as everyone knows, that means that you're officially free to enjoy the rest of your afternoon, this evening, and the rest of the weekend, and uh, we're just glad to have you Long Chase Channel with you and uh, Richard King. We're talking about life and business and one of the rules here on the in the new primetime drive slot is that once the whistle sounds, we can't talk as much about business. Gotcha, I, I understand. And we that. don't want to bore everyone to death. They're off yeah. work. The whistle sounded, so we can't be boring. But one of the things that I, I did we didn't get to because we got you know a little distracted. Mm-hmm. We heard the cactus jack. Yes. Yeah. But is uh I would like to hear a little bit more because we progressed. You got um three stores. Yes sir. The, what was it called? The Pet I keep saying PetSmart or Petland. It's Petland. You okay. bought into the Petland when the, we got into the fish business. But then there was a point where your dad t- kind of got took a different path in the business. Yeah. So,
2: well, you have to understand my mother was uh, in charge of all the stores. So, back in the day, we had an office like in the second floor of the mall. So, she had a, you know, Sandy's up there oh, that's cool yeah yeah so you know she's in the upper level of the mall and then all the rest of us are downstairs there's a store here and a store there and I was I would and we had nothing but women working for us you understand and me and I was in charge of the stores I would run between the two stores so my father retired from his company for some whatever reason he, he just decided he wasn't gonna work for them anymore so now he's with us well we had been in business 15 18 years my mother me and my sisters. Now we have dad. And now it's a whole new ball game. So all of a sudden, you know, I'm at work and I got this. My father's in my ear and he's that, 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 I'm like, oh, gosh, you know, because I've been used to doing things and running the show for a long time.
1: Now you got your dad there, right? I imagine he probably wasn't bashful about sharing his opinions either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have to understand something. At work, my mother wasn't mom.
2: My mother was Sandy. Okay, there was a different, at home, it's mom. When you're at work, it's Miss King or Sandy. And that's the way we ran our stores. Well, now I got my dad. So I go, (laughs) I said, said, mom, it's not working out very well. She goes, I have an idea. So my mother decided to start a wholesale company. We were in the business a long time and my mother was buying direct from factories. We're buying direct from wholesalers. So we opened up our own wholesale company where we were supplying other stores and our own store with, with products. So we turned our garage into a warehouse. We put a phone in, that was the old dial days, no cell phones. We put a phone in the garage, we gave Dick a blazer truck that he could drive around in, and we had him delivering pet supplies to other businesses and other stores. And that went on for a good 15 years. He was the wholesale guy. So it kept him out of my hair. Was that, a good, was that a big part of the business? Huge part of the business, yes. And uh, <clears throat> later in life, some of the like one of the biggest companies now, uh, I can't remember the name So okay. we got? We are. Um, oh, of going to slip my mind.
1: Like a Purina or a, a wholesaler?
2: No, there's a. Because
1: I'm not going to know any of the wholesalers to bail you out here.
2: I can't. I can't. This <laughs> is not in, in my mind. Anyway, uh, my, we gave a lot of, of wholesale lines to a friend of ours who now has one of the largest pet supply companies in the country. And the name is slipping my mind at this particular moment. I'm sorry.
1: Wow, but, uh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, you so. know the the crazy thing about uh so I'll I'll tell you an interesting fact since we're allowed to veer off subject Good after uh, after the the woo the woo whistle has sounded um I was in the paint business and in the paint business Lancaster distributors out of Lancaster PA was one of the biggest paint distributors as far as uh like ancillary products or or um, or like paint brushes and rollers and anything that you needed that was um, you know, they didn't. They they had some paints, like if like a dry lock floor paint, or you know, they weren't a manufacturer. But if it was a smaller entity that they could, then Lancaster had it. I mean, it was this huge catalog you could order, whatever. Well, one of the the. Um, do you know where Wooster is? Wooster, Pennsylvania. I think it's down near Philly somewhere. So Wooster paintbrush is one of the most popular and famous paint in the world. Is that right? And they're right there in in, in Wooster, PA, and um what's interesting is is that Wooster made such a great brush that like Sherwin Williams purchased um Purdy paint brushes, which familiar. So Purdy was like, I mean, when you had painters coming in, it was like either they wanted Wooster or they wanted Purdy. Mm-hmm. The Sherwin Williams brushes weren't even like people were not if you were like a real deal painter. Right. I mean, if you were just painting whatever, you'd buy whatever, but People would come in, and, and the Sherwin Williams brushes were nice. They just weren't. Purdy, the filaments and the things that were used were just. Yeah. Uh, and you know, Purdy's were. I remember they were um, inspected by hand and stickered, and they had the signature of who looked at it. I mean, even their covers are nice because my friend has a painting company. Yeah. Even the Purdy covers are nice. The Purdy covers are nice, yes. and the way they the, the way they latch back is yes. nice to keep yes. the, keep the thing going. So Sherwin Williams decided, and they've done this with lots and lots of different companies. If you can't beat them, buy them. So they bought Purdy. Oh, makes sense. So now if you go to a Sherwin Williams store, you'll see Purdy paintbrushes in there. I'm sure they probably took a little of that technology and threw it in their paintbrushes too. I'm sure. Since you have access to it, why not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, it was interesting because they did that with a lot of companies. They bought Duron, they bought, but Wooster was one that competed directly. And I wasn't a Sherwin Williams store, so I was a Wooster dealer and I would sell those Wooster paintbrushes. But um, growing up in uh, now you know I play pool right, I've yeah I know that a little bit about you. You do play a little bit of pool, yeah. yeah. So growing up in uh, what was the pool hall like uh, in in Ohio? You play a little pool growing in up, Pennsylvania. Yeah, yeah, the Q Lounge, Q Lounge, yeah, Mickey and Sulaco. Was
2: that in in Easton? It was in Easton, Washington Street. All the friends, anybody up there who's may catch this on the radio, they you know who you are, Your boys. Yeah, Patsy Guadagnino. Ronnie Piperata, all those boys, they love to shoot pool. All big hall, all nine-foot tables. It's a great place to grow up on learn to shoot, yes.
1: You know, I've talked a lot about on the show about how, much, how many life lessons and things you can learn in life in a pool hall. And it's funny Agreed. because, you know, parents listening are probably going, don't listen to him. You know, we don't want you in a pool hall. But the facts are I learned a lot of things that, you know, I mean, just you name it. I mean, from interacting with people to – People trying to take advantage of you to... I mean, you learn a lot about holding your own. Sportsmanship. Sportsmanship. Absolutely. I mean, you, you figure out how to read people, how to learn, you know, should I play this guy? Uh, there's a great scene in the movie. You ever watch the movie The Color of Money with Paul of Newman? Of course. So... Of course. Um, the, the the girl, and I can't remember her name, Carmen, I think, mm-hmm. Tom Cruise's girlfriend. In the very opening scene of the movie, he he's beaten uh, one of Paul Newman's buddies, and he comes over and says... Hey, give me another 20 and he goes, "I was fast." Well, he eases over cuz he realizes that, you know, Tom Cruise has got this potential and he says something to her and he says, uh, she says, well, you want to play him some?" and he says, "Yeah, 500." Flips out the cash and he says, "You don't know what to say, do you?" <laughs> Is it a good game? Is it a bad game? Is a right. And uh he pulls it back and 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 he says, "You should have took the game." And and uh he says he says that guy could beat anyone uh in here even if he was in a cast and traction or something you know some <laughs> and he and she says well yeah yeah i guess you're right he goes okay i'll offer it to you again you want to play him or you want you know 500 and he because obviously the amount of money i mean that movie came out in maybe the 80s or 70s yeah
2: yeah i remember the movie well so, i
1: mean 500 on a, a pool game at that point in time was a lot of money a lot of money mm-hmm. and so that was kind of his way of teaching them the rope saying listen you need to know because he says you don't know but you should know you know if you should say yes or not and you know over over one of the biggest gifts I've ever had and talking on this show and I've always tried to give inspiration and motivation and stuff is my ability to read other people Okay, and some people think that that's kind of crazy but it's just this natural thing that I get which makes me a good communicator people can feel like I'm listening to them or they feel like I'm more empathetic Uh, Sid knows me pretty well and it was funny because I was talking to a client or something and they were upset and of course they were complaining to me and it was funny because he goes man you were really looking like you were really like you were really concerned
2: really concerned yes
1: yeah (laughs) and I said you know and in that moment I probably was you know like you have to take on that like I mean it's like you have to just own that that energy and that role to get into that but it was funny hearing him see it from the outside knowing me it was like what is this guy doing he doesn't really care (laughs) yeah but but you do care and you have to care but it's just funny how so I used to say, and of course, I learned a lot about reading people playing poker. Mm-hmm. You know, you learn tells. You learn when people get nervous, their their energies or whatnot. But I've always noticed in communication, like, I know when to stop or when I'm losing someone or when. And one of the things that made me most nervous was I, I thought to myself, will I be able to to convey that through the radio? Right? I mean, who knows? Who knows? You're like, right. You think you're a great communicator in person, but does that come across? I mean, I've been captivated by some fantastic radio people in my life. Okay. I, you know, I've always loved talk radio. I've loved listening to it. And you appreciate this, how they communicate with you. And so learning how, here's one thing about radio that a lot of people don't realize is like right now we're in their cars, maybe in their, in their bedroom, maybe in their So it's such a personal form of communication I met someone in town the other day for the first time and as I walked up I knew the guy that he was with and I said hey how's it going he says hey and I said uh and he said to me he says hey it's nice to see you and I said you know nice to meet you and he says why I listen to your show all the time so he already knows he felt like you know he already he he knew who I was and that was a cool moment for me Mm -hmm. you know he says hey man I love listening to the show and I think that that's what it, it what it's all about because I do share my life. I shared Fat Camp. You know, I share the stories of the pool hall. Right. Share I share the successes and the failures, and mm. and they're not always good. and They're not always bad. I bring characters like Uncle Siton, who, you know, is a real person and friend from my life that you know is is uh, and has tons of great insight and has always been a mentor to me. And then I'm lucky enough to get people like you to come on and spend some time with us and share some of your life and stories appreciate that you know and, uh, and lots of wisdom but uh you know you got any uh, final party words or stories for me uh well listen i just remember the name of the pet company yeah it was Phillips
2: feed so uh when we started out in the 60s i used to buy wayne dog food from Phillips feed it was nothing but a little corner store in bath pennsylvania they sold farm supplies and i think if you look them up right now you'll find out it's one of the biggest wholesalers in the country so over the last 30 years Phillips feed went from mom and pop to a monster, monster corporation. So this is how the pet business has changed dramatically, and uh, we were we were part of that. We were part of that whole thing. Phillips feed.
1: You got any? Uh, you got any like smoky, uh, mysterious pool hall stories where some hustler like came in and played a big game? You got any? No, any can't. juicy, juicy memories from the pool hall?
2: I remember. I, 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 I do. Patsy Guadnino was an old Italian guy. He used to go. I got Cadillacs in my eyes, and he's shaking. He bake when he shoot, but when it came time to shoot shooting straight pool, there was nobody better. I remember Patsy. Yeah.
1: You think everyone's going to be down on the Jersey Shore this weekend?
2: I believe the Jersey Shore will be rocking and rolling for sure. Fourth of July, rocking and rolling.
1: What While I can figure Jersey. out is, do we celebrate it this weekend or do we celebrate it next weekend? It falls on a Wednesday. It's so weird. That's kind of strange. That could economically that could hurt a few because
2: they like it on the weekend.
1: Yeah, I think it can hurt a lot. And in, and you know, in the dealership, we were confused, so we're open. Of course, <laughs> I mean, well, are we not? When uh, in doubt, when, stay open. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. I, you know, it's uh, it you know, it's an interesting day. And I was, I was actually um, telling my controller earlier today. I said, you know, I said when I own my own dealership, I said I will ask people to work holidays. But like, if we're going to be open Fourth of July Wednesday, no worries. Thursday and Friday we're closed. Wow. You know, thanks for working the holiday. Appreciate that. Because in in the car world, it is important in retail to be open on those big peak days, but they never give back. Right. You know what I mean? They, right, they always right. say, "We well, listen, we're real glad y'all worked the Thank holiday. Thank you so much. Well, where's the, you're glad? Why not on the Tuesday? No one's coming in the store. Why aren't we closed that day? Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's a great idea. <laughs> like give like give yeah. back a little here and there. So yeah. there yeah. you have it. One one day, maybe they'll vote for me and I'll have my own. Uh, I think it's coming soon. I play the lottery a lot. You See know. You and me both. I'm yeah. like, man, come yeah. on. Well, it only takes one, right? Get, only takes one ticket. You know you know why I play the lottery? Same reason everybody else does.
2: Just in case.
1: And because from the minute you buy that ticket, there's, all of a sudden the wheels start spinning. There's always a chance. Right? You're, I'm sitting here going, man, what am I going to buy with this? Yeah. And I have friends. I have a friend that just hit some daily. I mean, he won some millions of dollars. Really? Yeah. And he's, then he comments on Facebook, yeah, it's my second time winning it. I'm like, how is that possible? You know, one Lucky. of the largest lottery winners ever was from West Virginia at the time, and the guy owned a, a construction company. I actually sold him paint, but uh, I think he won $300 million or something at that time. That's a lot. And, of- and they found him, uh, he was robbed or something at a strip club, and they took... Three hundred thousand in cash. Or he used something. to carry it in his trunk. Yeah, it I, it in the, I remember uh, this story. Yeah, big old cowboy hat, yeah, leather yeah, yeah. jacket. I remember. Yeah. Th- I I do remember this story. Sure. Yeah, that was him. But it's it's funny because they always say the curse of the you know. Yeah, I
2: don't think he fared out very well towards the end, did he? No, no, and it was uh, bad for the family.
1: Yeah, it, you know, and it's. it's I sad. I just wonder, you know, you want to? It's like that because there's like a TV show about that now. The curse of the
2: the curse of the lottery. Yeah, the lottery changed my life. Was it good or was it bad?
1: Richard yeah. King's with us. Uh, really appreciate you coming by, Richard. Chase, I couldn't and, be happier. Thank and sharing, you so much. Uh, sharing some of the insight. You want to say hey to uh, to Luca?
2: Luca, how's my boy? <laughs> I'll be happy to hear us on the radio. We had a great road trip being Luca. He was an outstanding little man at the wedding last week. So Very, very, very yeah, cool. Very proud of my kid. I love him.
1: Little Chase will be joining us, and uh, we're going to take a short break. If you're just now catching the show, no worries. You can always catch the replay tomorrow morning from 9 to 11 right here on 93.1. Or, as always, you can head on over to iHeartRadio.com, type in The Chase Channel Show, and you can listen there. Or, uh, if you got any questions, comments, or concerns, uh, just spare the concerns. Just give us the questions or comments. But uh, you can go to Facebook.com forward slash The Chase Channel Show. Or, as always, you can shoot us a text on the Victory Honda text line. And, uh, hang on, i got to find it. I don't even know what the own text line is. Is that bad?
2: I, You know me, I'm not... Uh... The electronic stuff.
1: Well, you know what's funny about the Victory Honda text line is, is that I got my own text line so that, because the station has one. Right. But I'm like, hey, you know, (laughs) that way people can text me if they need questions or whatnot. I don't want to be piggybacking the station. So the number to text is 731-215-0158. We're going to take a short break. We'll be back. Thank you.
0: You're listening to Strictly Business with Chase Channel. Thanks for listening to Nutty 3.1 WTJS, the talk of Jackson. Don't go anywhere. Chase will be back right after this.
8: care of business. care
4: of business.
5: What words come to mind when you think of Honda? Reliable should be one. Fun, that's a good one. How about stunning, comfortable, refined? I could go on. But there is one word that sums up every Honda. Quality. Because Honda was KBB.com's 2018 best overall brand. And we worked hard to earn that honor. Because without quality, nothing else you call a Honda matters. So whether you choose the sizzling Civic, acclaimed Accord, adventurous HRV, fearless fit, awesome Odyssey, conscientious Clarity, remarkable Ridgeline, polished Pilot, or sporty CRV, you know you're getting Honda quality that's truly unmatched. In fact, we make sure of it. So visit your local Honda dealer and get into KBB.com's 2018 Best Overall Brand.
6: Based on 2018 Brand Image Awards from Kelly Blue Book, visit KBB.com for more information. I like me better when
1: i You're listening to the Talk of Jackson. For the hottest shows in the Hub City, keep it locked right here on 93.1 WTJS. big money rush we're back this is strictly business my name's chase channel in studio i have a very special guest that has now joined us hi back on the program little chase hey how's it going everybody man have you missed us or what
3: yeah i have i haven't been on in probably four
1: shows well you know uncle sid kind of came was a real show bully
3: you know uncle sid will bully everybody around that's what he does that's what he does he i tried to get on but he said nope it's my show it's tough to get him. Here's the best part is, I don't know if you heard this, but
1: when when we were doing the show, I kept saying that uh, he's in the other room doing calisthenics, getting ready. Yeah, warming up. <laughs> yeah. Limbering up. Limbering up. So we blew the five o'clock work whistle, so we're not going to bore everyone with business for the end of the, 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 the last little bit of the show we have left.
3: I really love the work whistle. I You know, that's uh, since I've been gone, that's a new addition, and I, I really like it. It's cool, huh? Yeah, it's perfect. Yeah, it
1: uh, it took 10 hours and lots of time of uh, frustration, but one thing that's so cool about radio is when, when you're done with the show, you feel like, like when I built that work whistle, it's like the final product is done.
3: Yeah, I mean, to look at it even broader, like you have a ridiculous amount of equipment here, um, you're always calling me to figure out things with how to work the phones, and you do all this yourself. Yeah. I mean, it's all set up by you. Yeah. You've purchased these products, had to figure out how to use them on your own, maybe call a couple people for help. But I mean, there's only so much help they can provide with not, not being here. It's, uh, it's a lot more of a production than I thought it was. <laughs> right. Yeah.
1: You know, what was cool is Richard did this whole, uh, did this whole voiceover with, um, I can't remember what it was called, Cactus Jacks, where he was like, he took like a broadcasting class in college. And of course, Richard's a real dinosaur.
3: Yeah, he is a dinosaur. So
1: he would, dude, he, he rattled it off like he- Man, did, he is old. Like, like like he did the ad lib, I mean, yesterday. It was great.
3: Yeah, that's impressive.
1: Yeah, it was funny. He was talking about I mean, that how- That would
3: have been, what, 50 years ago for him? Yeah. 60 years ago? No.
1: 45. Oh, Okay. He was talking about how he did one for Larry Holmes and he said that his friend would wear the tape around his neck and said, well, I can get rid of that S and took the tape and would like splice it and glue it and then play it. And it was Larry Holmes. Like the S was gone. Like that's how they did it back then. Oh, yeah. It was like cutting and.
3: Yeah. Cutting. Yeah.
1: Speaking of, we were talking about uh, records. You have a record player.
3: Vinyl records?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I love vinyl. That's what you basically listen to, right?
3: Uh, if I'm at home, that's all I'm listening to. I have a record player. It's, it's more than a record player. I got, um, it's not like the nicest, fanciest record player, but it does have a lot of different features. So if I want to, I can Bluetooth to it as well. So it's kind of, it's got CD. I think it's got a cassette player. But um, I do have records. It's a very expensive hobby. But, um, and you know what? <laughs> People say it sounds different, and it does. It, it does a little bit. It's noticeably different But not that crazy Especially for how much records cost But the one thing that I've gotten out of records Is I listen to the whole album Because it's You know you put it on in a room You go in your other room You go cook or do whatever in your house And the whole record The whole side plays So obviously you go and purchase an album Because you like one or two songs that you're familiar with Unless you're a real music head Right Um what I've started to appreciate is all the rest of the songs, how an album is put together, um, how an album flows. It's noticeable on certain albums, like take Pink Floyd, Dark Side of the Moon, for example. Everything flows, everything is in order. That is so carefully thought out. All of the themes are similar. But it, that, that thought process goes in maybe not as much, but into every album. So it's very interesting, and that's something I've gained to appreciate about it you know
1: uh i think it was garth brooks or vince gill one was talking about how that's changed like it used to be a big deal what order yeah you put together the records and yeah. how the song placement was and like they were even talking about um i mean like that was like a thing like you had to
3: yeah yeah you know, no definitely definitely and i mean um because people listened to a full album back then everybody bought a cd everybody could ca- bought a cassette player especially You go to, like, and I mean, I'm obviously young, so, but I would reference, like, a cassette tape. Like, you had to, like, it's, you had to listen to the whole album. You listen to side A, side B, and you listen to the whole album. So, there's a thought process, especially with people understanding that they're going to have a hit song here. This song's a filler. This song is good song, but maybe not kind of the jam that everybody wants to listen to, but... It's maybe personal to the artist, but everybody's not going to appreciate it. Right. So you got 14 to 20 songs on every album. People are going to want to listen to, you know, maybe track number three, maybe track number one starts them off well. But there's a lot of thought process now. You go on YouTube and you listen to one single song and it's going to have some uh, algorithm that somebody thought up that's going to guess what other songs you like, not on the same album, not even by the same artist. There's a lot less thought process that I think goes into it now.
1: You know, I talked about how one of the most popular shows... It seems. Right. Well, I I was saying that one of the most popular shows when I was a kid, maybe when you were, was uh, Total Request Live. TRL? TRL with Carson Daly.
3: Yeah, yeah.
1: And it was because you could request the song. Like, my parents weren't going to let me go by every song I wanted to hear, but if you wanted to hear, you know, Eminem, Slim, Shady on Countdown, it was going to be on there or whatever the songs were back then.
3: That's probably what I wanted to hear too. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I do. I do. So I mean like that, I feel like that thought process brought about the ability for people to pick and choose their own music and everybody has their own playlists and you know, you got your workout playlist, you got your naughty time playlist, whatever you got, Yeah. right? So. And I think that's a great Wait a minute, thing. you
1: got a Naughty time playlist? No, the
3: people do. I don't. I don't. I have records. <laughs> <laughs> we, you know, we might listen to one that is, is applicable and then the next one is totally off the wall. Gotcha. <laughs> so <laughs> that might be the one bad part about the records. <laughs> but no, I think, uh, I. you know, it's great that people can listen to the music they want to and it's so easily accessible. But I also think that um, that comes with a lack of appreciation to some certain extent. Um, for some of the other music that they might have to offer, I feel like a lot of people miss out on a lot of music they might like because they're only listening to that. So by buying a record player, <clears throat> it's kind of like a niche hobby or whatever, um, and it's expensive.
1: What do records go for now?
3: It's ridiculous. So there's a broad spectrum. So you can go to a record store and find a Herb Alpert record for anybody who knows who Herb Alford is out there. Um, you can go find that, maybe um, a, a full EP or a 45, and it might be anywhere from 6 to $18. So that's not much. But you might also have somebody go in and, you know, maybe they want the new whatever album. I and mean, it might cost 40 bucks if it's brand new. Right. That would be a pretty standard price. But um, I've seen... Uh, a specific band um, also kind of a niche band, but I've seen a specific band that did a live performance at Madison square garden. They had like a, a week of shows and um, they were, they took the best recordings from that and put it on uh, in a vinyl record and it's over $300. I think it was $399 for one record. Wow. So they can get massively, I don't own that one by the way, but they can get massively expensive.
1: You know, uh, Greg rivers who works for the station is a, uh from what I understand, basically, like he at one point in time, had, it helped put on like some concerts. And so those concerts he had recorded. So he has some like, like those recordings of that concert. Yeah. And, and that's it. It's not like today where you can check it out on YouTube next week and. Right. The iHeart Radio Festival. I mean, you know.
3: No, I mean and that that's cool. There's there's definitely some certain uh, certain bands and I have um a couple albums where they've kind of spliced in to the regular original album. They've spliced in some of the live recordings and honestly, I like some of those better. Um just, you know, you can kind of get the vibe that they're performing it live and um those those records usually do sell for more.
1: You know, we had to drive an hour to Clarksburg to the Meadowbrook Mall to get to the CD store.
3: Where you're from? Yeah. In Elkins. Yeah. An hour to get to the CD store. Yeah. Uh, honestly, unless you're ordering off of Amazon here, if you want to get vinyl anywhere around here, you need to go to Memphis. Um, or honestly, you should go to Nashville. Um, they have really good record stores. I mean, it's Nashville, so that makes right. sense. But um, Memphis has a couple. Um, but yeah, you can't you can't buy it around here. The easiest way is Amazon, but yeah. Richard
1: was talking about, well, you know, mom has 75s and I had 33s. Or I mean, he was like, I guess there's different sizes.
3: Yeah, well, um, different speeds. Um, yeah, speeds, to, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So uh, there are a lot of different things. Um, my record player, you can play, um, I guess it would be 33s, 45s, and whatever. He said 70-something. Um, but Yeah uh, there are different, different things you can purchase. Some of them have just a couple of hit songs. Some of them are a full EP, like a full album. Um, yeah. So there's, there's a lot of different stuff.
1: You know, uh, what's amazing to me and, and, uh, little chase is with us. Um, he's a, uh, you're a movie expert. I'm a movie fan. He knows a lot about movies, but what, what was the song that they played in Shawshank Redemption on the, uh, on the record player remember when he was in the library
3: i have no idea shawshank's not going to be my best it was uh it was like a hank williams tune i think i would have no idea i've seen shawshank probably four or five times but because he had a record player and he put it on the loudspeaker not as uh oh yeah I do remember that scene, and he plays it over the loudspeaker, yeah. and that's when he locks himself in the warden's office, right? Yeah. And he plays that over the loudspeaker. I remember that. That was a good scene. Yeah, really, really cool. And and uh, Shawshank's one of those cult movies, and I, you probably know, I've made you watch plenty of them. I like the cult movies. Yeah, I think I made you watch Fight Club your first time. I did. So I do like the, Shawshank. It's a great movie, but it never captured me like some of the others have.
1: You know what I like about Shawshank and movies like it? Color of Money is one of mine. Yeah. is like it doesn't if I've had one too many drinks or I'm too tired or I can't focus it really doesn't matter. I put it on you just It doesn't watch. matter where you caught it or you what part of You know you another one of
3: those is Forrest Gump.
1: Yeah, Forrest Gump.
3: Forrest Gump is perfect for that. I uh I knew a girl who in dark times of her life would sit down and watch Forrest Gump repetitively for like a few days on end. Um I won't mention even my f- that, my
1: favorite scene in Forrest Gump is when uh at the end of the movie, when he talks about uh, uh, Lieutenant Dan invested in some fruit company, says we don't have to worry about money no more, and it's talking about it's Apple, Apple. Yeah, <laughs> Apple computers. Yeah. I mean, what a great, what a well-written movie.
3: Yeah, the uh, yeah. Here's the thing: is if somebody explained the plot to you, you would think that's the dumbest thing you've ever heard of. Mentally challenged person um, excels in certain aspects of his life like football, like uh, the war, um, you know, falls in love with a girl who doesn't love him and has all these crazy, this crazy lifetime of stories. And um, she ends up, you know, if you explain the plot, it's ridiculous. You're like, well, that's not very good.
1: Have you ever seen that meme? And it says, uh, my last relationship was like Forrest and Jenny. I was, uh, I was a retard and she was a whore <laughs> or, so, or no. something like that. I mean, it's just... The I, internet today, bro, is ridiculous.
3: There was something the other day that explained the plotline of uh, something about Jenny and Forrest, like, uh, you know, an AIDS AIDS patient doesn't love a guy that loves her back, something like that. Like, yeah. that was the whole plotline.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's crazy. In today's world, there's like a meme or a joke around. Yeah, everything. Even the most serious matters. Everything. I saw one the other day that was really funny, and uh, it said, chemtrails are just uh like like lines of of uh of cocaine for uh for, for giants for no for for like Jesus or something i mean it's just like it, it's just uh it's really 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 cool but um it's just crazy how people like you know what i'm saying it's just yeah.
3: yeah it's it's crazy that people take the time to sit there and make all those and and post them and i'm sure there's some sort of monetization behind um, you know, like Instagram, that's what those people do. They just sit there all day and create those, those memes and profit off of it somehow.
1: We have a, uh, we have a special guest that just entered the studio. Mr. Jaden LaDaga. Come over here, buddy. Little Jaden, how's it going? Good. You want to say hi on the radio? Say hi to everybody.
3: Say hi to your mom.
1: Hi. Say hi, mom. Jaden comes by and, uh, came by and visit me and you brought some goodies too.
3: Oh, brought a little oh, sandwich. Oh, wow.
1: Cuban sandwich. Cuban sandwich, homemade. You think that's going to last long with me? No. It's
3: delicious. It's delicious. You hear that? I believe it. I believe I know who made it. Well, the,
1: the head chef himself.
3: That's right. We're going
1: to take a short break so I can sample this, uh, this Cuban sandwich. We'll be back.
0: You're listening to Strictly Business with Chase Channel. Thanks for listening to 93.1 WTJS, The Talk of Jackson. Don't go anywhere. Chase will be back right after this.
5: What words come to mind when you think of Honda? Reliable should be one, fun, that's a good one. How about stunning, comfortable, refined? I could go on, but there is one word that sums up every Honda, quality. Because Honda was KBB.com's 2018 best overall brand, and we worked hard to earn that honor. Because without quality, nothing else you call a Honda matters. So whether you choose the sizzling Civic, acclaimed Accord, adventurous HRV, fearless fit, awesome Odyssey, conscientious clarity, remarkable Ridgeline, polished pilot, or sporty CRV, you know you're getting Honda quality that's truly unmatched. In fact, we make sure of it. So visit your local Honda dealer and get into KBB.com's 2018 Best Overall Brand.
6: Based on 2018 Brand Image Awards from Kelly Blue Book, visit KBB.com for more information.
1: you're listening to the talk of jackson for the hottest shows in the hub city keep it locked right here on 93.1 wtjs We'll mm-hmm. the love of money, the OJs. You notice I've gotten a lot better DJ voice?
3: Yeah. Yeah, well, you you always had the, the DJ voice.
1: Yeah. Harvey gave me some lessons on how to really, really make them feel it. I Man, Harvey's a nice guy. I He's like
3: cool, him. right? Yeah, he is cool.
1: Little Chase comes over and does the uh, cue cards for me when Harvey's filming the commercials.
3: Yeah, I do. I, I love that, by the way. That's really enjoyable.
1: First yeah. of all, I just want to say special thanks to uh, an amazing chef, Jaden Ladaga this fantastic Cuban sandwich
3: didn't Jaden wanted to give a shout out to his girlfriend, but he wouldn't tell us the name. But if you're out there listening, if you're out there listening, Jaden's thinking about you, he's thinking about you. So uh world cup, the world cups going on right now. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, so I know nothing
1: uh, about soccer. So you're really gonna have to carry me on this.
3: Well, so here's the deal is like a lot of people, I mean, it's interesting because it's a, it's a worldwide event. It brings a lot of countries together. Um, The USA didn't make it this year, so there's not a whole lot of interest like there usually is, locally at least. Hang on. We got head
1: chef Gianni Ladaga just walked in. Gianni. Gianni, the sandwich was fantastic. Oh, you like it? Oh, man. It's it's incredible. Here, say hi, Gianni. Say hey to everybody.
3: Hello, everybody.
1: Gianni's here. Jaden's here. Jaden gave a shout out to his girlfriend, too. He wouldn't tell us the name. (laughs) He wouldn't tell us the name. We're having a good time. We hope you are getting uh, getting your way home on a Friday. If uh, you're just now catching the show, no worries. You can catch the replay tomorrow morning from 9 to 11 right here on 93.1. Or as always, you can go over to Facebook.com forward slash The Chase Channel Show. So who's winning the World Cup?
3: Right now, they just got through the group stages. Um, they basically play round robin. They have, um, I think, one, two, um, eight times four. I think eight times four, whatever that is. Thirty-six teams. Yeah, so they got thirty-six teams separated into groups of four, um, and it's broken down. Those those teams play round robin, um, and they accumulate points based off of win or draw. And then obviously, so what was the big deal about Germany losing if it's round robin? So Germany um, has never been out at this stage. So they're done. Yeah, they're done. They're done. Um, And so basically, they've never done this bad. Um, So that was obviously a big deal, and and they won four years ago. Uh, and they won seven to one in the final game, so that was a big deal. One of the other, um, one of the other factors for, one of the other factors for this year is that the USA is not in it, uh, so that has basically caused a lot of disinterest, at least, or from what it seems, caused a lot of disinterest uh, locally. But personally, I think who's going to win it is um, Belgium. Belgium's playing very well right now. Uh, Brazil is playing pretty well as well. Um, So I think it's going to be interesting to see. I also know that um, one of the big things that I like to see is international cooperation, international. um, It's just good to see the cultures get mixed around. Um, You know, I I was looking the other day, I think, during Mexico's final game, they said the stadium was like 80% Mexican fans over in Russia. So where are most of the games played? They're all in Russia. Oh really Yeah, they have different uh, different stadiums so um, two games happen at one time. I think at least our local time they've been playing two games at 9 a.m and then two games at 1 p.m. So that's been the scheduling so far. I know of three I know of two stadiums, one in Moscow, they're calling it Moscow Stadium, one in St. Petersburg, St. Petersburg Stadium. can't remember where the other two were though. Uh, But, yeah, I think they have four stadiums over there. So we got just a couple minutes left. I got two more
1: questions for you. Shoot. True or false, if Russia loses, will they be killed?
3: No. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) That's
1: possible. It's serious business over there.
3: Oh, yeah. I mean, they take everything seriously. I I don't think they'll kill them. They might whip them or something.
1: Second question, Tiger Woods. Is he going to win this weekend? Man,
3: Tiger Woods. I love Tiger Woods. Obviously, since he's come back, we've played a significant amount more golf. Yeah. Like, the, I mean, you got to think, I used to play once or twice a year. I mean, when I was in high school and stuff, I played a lot. But recently, I've only played whenever me and you go out and play. We play one tournament a year. Yeah. Um. And I mean, I shoot in the 90s yeah. usually. So I'm not a horrible golfer, but not excelled by any means. But I've probably dropped, since Tiger Woods has come back, I've gone to playing like three or four times a week, and I've probably dropped somewhere six to eight strokes off my game. So he, he creates a lot of interest, and nobody's done for the sport what he's done. But it's so frustrating watching him win recently, or watching him play recently. One, because he's not winning. Right. But the biggest factor is, is he, I you know, and I watch golf all the time. You know I do. Yeah. But watching him play is so frustrating because he'll hit a fantastic drive, a great approach, and he'll miss a putt. And I mean, that's what happened today. I watched him play today. He got in trouble on one hole today. He had one drive, caught a tree, just dropped straight down. uh, Tried to play a three wood. It was about five feet away from being an amazing shot. Um, So he got in trouble on one hole. But the problem is, is he's not scoring. He's not making any birdies. He's not making any eagles. Um, so, I mean, he's playing a lot of these rounds at 16 of the holes. He's paring, and he might have two birdies. He might have two bogeys. You never know what's going to happen on the other holes.
1: With the putter change, you think he'll start getting some to
3: drop? Yes. Um, I think tomorrow's going to be better. I think he shoots minus five tomorrow.
1: Minus five.
3: I think he'll be at minus five for the tournament. Leader will probably be at minus 10, minus nine. I think the Saturday moving day, if he goes anywhere from minus four to minus six, That's what gives him a chance.
1: But if he doesn't do that... Isn't it crazy, though, that the 82nd best golfer in the world gets everybody all captivated? Because he's not the
3: 82nd best golfer in the world. you got to realize five months ago he was I'm just saying current standings. Well, yeah, but five months ago he was the 1,064th golfer in the world. He's hitting the ball well. I think there's glimpses of the old Tiger. Yeah. Watch his chipping. Yeah. His chipping is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. He... Yeah. It's ridiculous. I mean, there were three today that could have easily dropped. I think there was one that probably needed an eighth of a ball roll. What are they playing, the Travelers? No, they're playing uh, the—it's at TPC Potomac in Maryland, and it is a Quicken Loans Nation tournament, something like that. Um, And it's actually his event.
1: Oh, no wonder he's there.
3: Yeah, TGR— What score is going to win it, 19 under? They play minus seven today with no wind. Um, I think minus ten, minus I say minus seventeen,
1: nah, minus sixteen. I think the thing is, man, there's just so many great golfers right now. I don't think Tiger Woods is that much worse than he was. He's not getting the roles, and there's a lot of guys who are fantastic right now.
3: Right here's the problem is is like, and they were they were talking about it today on the on the thing is the the separation between the best and say the 80th best is so minimal that it's just whoever comes out and plays the best across four days. It's not like it's not like when Tiger was playing and if he shot okay and nobody else shot out of their mind, he was winning. Yeah. He's gonna have to play out of his mind to win. There you have it. Little Chase is with us. Thanks for coming by, man. Hey, thanks, man. Can you believe we're
1: already out of time? No, don't went by quick. You gonna come by if Uncle Sid doesn't bully you out of it next time? Yeah, as long as Uncle Sid isn't around and I don't have to fight him for the mic. If you're just now joining us, don't worry. You can catch the show tomorrow morning from nine to eleven right here on ninety-three point one. Or as always you can go over to iHeartRadio.com. Type in The Chase Channel Show. Until this time, next time, we'll catch you later.
8: Care
0: of You've been listening to Strictly Business with Chase Channel. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes or Google Play to hear fresh new weekly episodes. For more, please visit facebook.com slash Show. That's facebook.com slash the Chase Channel with two N's and two L's show. Until the same time, next time, keep it right here on Nutty3.1 WTJS, The Chalk of Jackson.